The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello and happy Monday, New York Giants fans. You are listening to the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of the SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, coming to you on Monday, November 4th, as the New York Giants get ready to face the Dallas Cowboys in Monday night football here at the end of week nine of the NFL season. And just uh, wanted to talk about a few Giants-related things before we get to a Cowboys-Giants preview interview that I did with RJ Ochoa of SB Nation's Blogging the Boys. Always enjoy talking to RJ, and I hope that that you guys will enjoy the interview that he and I did as we lead up to uh, to the Monday night game. A uh, few few things about the Giants, you know, as I as it, this is the beginning of the second half of the season, and the first half, two and six, obviously disappointing, obviously not what the Giants had hoped for. Look back on it, and, and quite obviously the Giants left a couple of winnable games you know, on the table. Uh, week two against the Buffalo Bills was a game that, that I think we all thought that the Giants had an opportunity to win. Look back at that game, and there were some circumstances in that game, some things that happened that... Uh, that prevented the Giants from winning. The Bills are a little bit better than than we thought, uh, but that was still a winnable game. Uh, the, the game last week, even against the the Detroit Lions, uh, definitely a winnable game, even though it was on the road in Detroit. Five point loss in which the Giants, you know, cost themselves a touchdown on an unfortunate. Uh, backward pass by Daniel Jones that that turned into a Detroit touchdown some other circumstances that prevented the Giants you know from from scoring uh points in in that game also gave up a couple of long touchdown plays including a 49-yard touchdown pass uh you know winnable game five point loss that that could have been a giant victory the sore point that sticks out as you look back at the Giants' first half of the season was losing at home to the Arizona Cardinals, a team that's not better than the Giants, 
team that, that came in as the underdog, came into MetLife Stadium as the underdog and, and jumped out to a 17-0 lead. That has to be the the most disappointing game of the first half of the season. You look at the 2-6 and six Giants, though, and, and you think, uh, you know, you look at the record and you don't see much progress from a year ago when they were one in seven. But I think you do see some progress in terms of the roster that's on the field. I think there, there are more young players. There are more pieces to build around. There are more players on this roster who you want to get second contracts, guys you want to keep long term. I guess the best way to put it is there are more players on this roster who can be part of the solution going forward than I think there have been in quite a while. There are obviously still holes to fill, still work to be done, but there are more pieces to feel good about, more more parts of the puzzle than there have been in quite a while. So what what I really want to talk about though is the second half of the season and specifically tonight's game against the Dallas Cowboys. Let's focus on on tonight first. If you look at the uh, at the staff picks column at Big Blue View, no one is picking the Giants to win on Sunday night. That is justifiable. I'm not picking them to win either. But let's be honest, there have been some signs over the past few days that are positive ones for the Giants. Sterling Shepard will return. Saquon Barkley should be even healthier than he was as he continues to, to get better and get farther away from that week, week three high ankle sprain that he suffered. The Giants should be the best that they've been in terms of health and in terms of, of of what they bring to the table offensively. They should be the best that they've been all season with Shepard, with Saquon Barkley, with Golden Tate, with Evan Ingram all playing for the first time this season. You know, you have Daniel Jones at quarterback and and he will have his full complement of, of offensive playmakers for the first time this year. We'll see what the Giants can, can make of that. We'll begin to see what head coach Pat Shermer really, really wants the New York Giants offense to look like with all of his playmakers on the field. The other reason for optimism, you know, you look at the defensive side of the ball. Giants made a trade last week for Leonard Williams, which adds talent, adds a former Top 10 of the first round pick to the defense. They added Dion Buchanan a couple of weeks ago, and he should continue to play more and more. Looks like the Giants will mostly play him. Um, probably the guy who loses snaps to him is, is David Mayo. And, and, and I find that a little bit unfortunate. Mayo has played well, but Mayo does have issues in pass coverage where I think the Giants believe that Dion Buchanan can can upgrade the Giants in that area. We'll see how that goes. I like Mayo as a player. I also, you know, I supported bringing in Dion Buchanan. So let's get him on the field. Let's see what he's got. Let's see if he can be part of the long-term solution, uh, you know, going forward, going into the 2020 season. And and we'll see we'll see where that goes. But you know the Giants have added a couple of pieces on defense. 
you know, over the past couple of weeks. So there's that to to feel good about. Also, we found out on Sunday that there's a possibility that that Pro Bowl linebacker Leighton Vander Esch won't play for the Dallas Cowboys. Vander Esch is a tremendous player at the second level, you know, of the of the uh, of the Dallas defense. So, you know, that's a huge loss for the Cowboys if he doesn't play in a huge break for the Giants. So there are some some positive signs, some things that might sort of tilt the table toward the Giants just a little bit. Giants are seven-point underdogs, but, uh, you know, those those things might give you reason for optimism. I know the Giants are, many of the guys in the secondary are also still upset regarding you know, being mocked a little bit by the Cowboys, you know, for some of the mistakes that they made in the week one loss to Dallas. So there's a little bit of a little bit of revenge, a little bit of motivation factor there as well. You know, when it comes down to it, I believe at this point in time that the Cowboys remain a better team than the Giants. We'll see how Monday night turns out. There's no way that I can go out on the limb of actually picking the Giants to win this game. And I didn't do that in our staff picks column at at Big Blue View. I would expect a Dallas victory on Monday night. But there are some signs of, you know, that the Giants could have an opportunity for an upset here. And we'll see how it goes. But, uh, you know, also as we look forward to the second half of the 2019 season, I find some reasons for optimism with the New York Giants, and most of that has to do with the young talent on the roster. You have a developing young quarterback in Daniel Jones. We've seen some of the really good things from Jones. We've seen, you know, some of the warts, some of the places where he needs development. I think you can be optimistic about his future. And I think it'll be fun to watch, you know, and and see how he develops in the second half of the season. We've also seen, you know, one of the things we asked for with so many of the young players, I think there was a stat from Field Yates of ESPN the other day that he put out that the Giants have used rookies for far more snaps, at least 500 more snaps than any other team in the NFL, which just points to the development, the the youth that the Giants have, and, and the growth that you can hope for. And I think that what we've seen with some of these young players, we've seen Dexter Lawrence, the, the 17th overall pick. I think we've seen him get better from week one to week eight. I think you can feel good about about his development continuing to uh, to go in an upward trend. I think we've seen DeAndre Baker the first round pick at corner, I think it was 30th overall. We've seen him improve from week one to week eight. That's what you want from your young players. We're seeing more and more impact from wide receiver Darius Slayton, the fifth overall pick. So you look at those young players and you want them to trend upward. And I think that's what we're seeing with the Giants. So I think there are some reasons for optimism. We'll see if any more of the young players, we'll see if Julian Love and Corey Ballantyne, Sam Beal, some of those young players are able to make an impact over the final half of the season. But I do feel like there are reasons to be optimistic about the Giants heading into the second half, and particularly 
when you spin forward looking toward, you know, what the Giants could be next season when Dave Gettleman has a chance to uh, to go through another draft, has a chance to uh, to use some of the uh, the cap space that the Giants have created to perhaps add a, a couple of uh, of veteran players at, at key spots. And I think there there are reasons to feel good about the Giants going forward. So uh, so we'll see what happens the second half of the season, and we'll see what happens on Monday night. Giants fans, let's do this right now. Let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, and we'll come back and hear the interview that I did with R.J. Ochoa of Blogging the Boys. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, Giants fans, I'm joined now by R.J. Ochoa of SB Nation's Blogging the Boys as we look forward to the Monday night game between your Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. R.J., thanks for for joining us. It's always uh, always fun to have you on. Of course. Uh, a little sad. This is the last time of the year that we'll be on together, but uh, it's always fun. It's always good. I always enjoy it. Uh, you know, even though uh, e- even though we, we have uh, opposite interests, I guess, uh, you know, we, we can get along. Yeah, of course. I mean, we, we've got mutual enemies and uh, mutual things that we dislike. So, um, you know, there's uh, there's commonality there for sure. Well, you know, l- l- let's just be honest. Everybody dislikes Eagles fans. Oh, man. I, I think even, like, there's a large portion of Eagles fans that, you know, I think there are some that dislike Eagles fans. Like, you know how, like, sometimes, like, a Giants fan will do something bad and you'll see, like, somebody chirp up that's like, oh, they don't speak for us. Like, that that Giants fan is an outlier. That never happens. Like, anytime, like, an Eagles fan does something really bad, they're like, yeah, that's one of us. So Oh, my God. Well, what are you, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? They're a, they're they're a completely separate species. But anyway, let's let's talk about about Monday night. Let's talk about Giants Cowboys. Dallas beat the Giants so week one, pretty handily, thirty five to seventeen. Uh, you know things have have gone a little differently for each team since then. The Cowboys are are leading the NFC East. The Giants have lost four in a row. Um, unfortunately but let me ask you at this point Dallas is four and three is sitting atop the the NFC East but are are you happy with what you've seen from Dallas so far this season or a little bit concerned I know there was a three-game losing streak in the middle of all of that 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. I mean, I think this is maybe the worst possible result of the first seven weeks. And, you know, considering that they're four and three, it's hard to be disappointed with that. But, uh, you know, I had talked a lot about at the beginning of the season that the Cowboys had to win their first three games. They had to go 3-0 and if they wanted a shot to win the division because, and I mean this with no offense, I mean, they were playing the Giants, Redskins, and Dolphins, and you have to stack up the winnable games in the NFL. And, uh, you know, because you're going to come into games that are difficult. You're going to lose games that uh, you shouldn't. You're going to win games that you shouldn't. And, you know, we saw an example of the former with the New York Jets. Uh, so hopefully the Cowboys go to New England and win that one or something. But um, I think all things considered, it's, you know, you're fairly pleased if you're a Cowboys fan. You certainly want more. It was embarrassing to lose to the Jets, but you got that win over the Eagles, and that one's going to go a long way. So so how did losing to the Jets happen anyway? You know, um, similarly to the week before, it was, a, you know, the, the three Cowboys losses, the one against New Orleans, uh, I think there were some weird circumstances. And I know this is about the Jets, but, you know, Jason Witten fumbled. Zeke Elliott had a fumble that uh, was a weird ruling. In fact, it went to review and it was still ruled to fumble, even though it looked like he was clearly down. Randall Cobb dropped an easy third down pass. And so you had this this batch of weird against New Orleans. And then against the Packers and against the Jets, you know, against Green Bay, the Cowboys fell down 31 to three in the blink of an eye. And against the Jets, they fell down 21 to three in the blink of an eye. And I mean, you know this, I mean, you fall down something like that early on, your entire game plan is totally different. Before the Cowboys uh, beat the Eagles a couple of weeks ago, before that game, they had not started a single drive in opponent territory. They had not started on the plus side of the 50-yard line. So, you know, I think against the Packers and against the Jets, I think they made some mistakes that you can overcome if you can get the ball in favorable situations because of turnovers or whatever. But the Cowboys just weren't doing that. They dug themselves too deep of holes and uh, and tried to count on their ability to jump out. It just wasn't enough. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you mentioned along the way that, that you know, four and three was pretty much the uh, – I you know the the scenario for for the for the Cowboys and pretty much I guess you said sort of the 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 worst case at this point but and I look at the Giants at 2 and 6 and I think four straight losses and I think 2 and 6 for them right now is probably also what I would have thought would have been the worst case scenario for the Giants. Let me ask you a Giants related question at this point. Obviously um, you know, there's been a quarterback change with the Giants. How does that quarterback change from Eli Manning to Daniel Jones uh, impact maybe the way that you look at this game? You know, I think it's significant, obviously. I mean, anytime a team in the division, you know, makes a clear and concise effort at changing the most important position on the field, it's it's a very different thing. And you know, uh, I know you and I have talked about this both on and off air. I mean, I've got a great deal of respect for Eli Manning. So the things I'm about to say are, are not meant to sound uh, sarcastic by any means. But he is, you know, at this point, he's kind of stuck behind that pocket. And the Cowboys have... Uh, at times, quite the ferocious pass rush. And we've seen Daniel Jones use some wheels, uh, certainly throughout uh, the games that he started for the Giants. And so I think that really changes things. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence has, uh, has you know, been 
pretty public about his feelings of Eli Manning and the Giants continuing to employ him as the team starting quarterback. And so, I mean, in in that respect, it's like the Giants have almost fed into exactly what the Cowboys want. The Cowboys want a quarterback that's going to just sit back there and try to win from the pocket uh, when the way to beat them is to get out of it. And so I think Daniel Jones is capable of doing that, which certainly opens up a lot of possibilities for the Giants offensively. I wanted to ask you about Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, what is the deal with Demarcus Lawrence and and the little Manning comments? I mean, is he being sarcastic? Is he taking a shot at Eli? Is he taking a shot at Jones? Is he just having fun or, or is he just Demarcus being Demarcus? You know, I think it's all of it, honestly. I mean, that's the kind of guy he is. He's he's not shy about, uh, you know, talking about what's on his mind. Obviously, he just got paid by the Dallas Cowboys. He is, uh, to date, the richest player in franchise history. And, uh, you know, last year he was really public with his celebrations and the year before. I mean, because last year he was on the franchise tag. The year before he was in a contract year. And, um, you know, he's, he's not somebody who's going to, you know, acquiesce to the way, you know, politically correct players you know handle things uh he's not going to be saquon barkley and just kind of keep his head down and you know he's performed well against the giants and the cowboys have you know in recent memory i think the last cowboys loss to the giants was 2016 if memory serves um so i mean you know it's uh it's an easy sort of punching bag for him and i think the daniel jones thing is a matter of you know everybody has compared daniel jones to eli manning and i think that that's the kind of stuff demarcus has seen so he's just having the fun he uh he can have but you know those types of comments wear thin on Cowboys fans when they lose you know he um I'm sure you saw that Doug Peterson somewhat guaranteed a win over the Cowboys he was wrong by the way and um you know later that week DeMarcus kind of clapped back and a lot of Cowboys fans rolled their eyes because you know at the time they were on a three-game losing streak and if that's the case you know your trash talk really uh isn't that welcomed uh, but when you've just had a big win over division rival people are a little bit more receptive to it I guess so. And you guys are you're coming off a bye week, if I'm not mistaken, and you and you did have the win over over the Eagles. So so I guess so I guess you can you can chirp just a little bit. <laughs> That's I, at least uh, what Demarcus Lawrence seems to think. Let me ask you, you know, as an outsider, we sit here with the Giants at two and six, and and you know, last year they started the season one and seven, and you know, I look at it, and, and the Giants are one game-ending 34-yard missed field goal by Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. you know, from being 1-7 again. And yet, Pat Shermer said the other day he feels like the Giants are better. He feels like they've improved. Um, and I look at the Giants, and, and I'm optimistic about the young guys that they have, about the young core that they have, but it sure would be nice to see them win some games along the way. Just just as an outsider, you know, obviously you're not looking at the Giants every day, but you're, you're feeling about what the Giants are, where they are, and maybe where they're headed, you know, as we head into Monday night. Well, I think... Um... 
I think the Giants are in a fascinating position, obviously a time of uh, transition. And, you know, I think the way things have sort of unfolded over the last five years or however long you want to qualify has, has been interesting. And, um, you know, I've said before, I'm, I'm very hesitant to tweet this out because Cowboys fans would jump down my throat. But, um, you know, believe me, I'm never grateful for any sort of injury, but I'm grateful that Tony Romo exited the way that he did, uh, because I think if he hadn't, you know, he might have, you know, sort of withered away, kind of like Eli has. And again, I say that with respect. Um, and that changes your perception of things. And so I think that, you know, Giants fans maybe feel inwardly like everything's a disaster. And, you know, Eli, we stuck on too long. Dave Gettleman. And it's been a while since I think people beat up on Dave Gettleman. Um, not that anyone should. But Daniel Jones looks promising. So I think, you know, that's my perspective. Okay, you know, if you've got that figured out, you know, you've got a chance. And I think that, you know, every day the Saquon Barkley pick looks smarter and smarter. I mean, you know, people destroyed the Giants. I think, you know, ourselves would be to be among them for passing on Sam Darnold. And I mean, it's not like he looks, you know, incredibly better than Daniel Jones. So you might have gotten the best of that uh, whole bargain there. Not that, you know, top picks are a bargain by any means. But I also think, you know, people killed Dave Gettleman for the Jabril Peppers trade. And from an outsider's perspective, I think Jabril Peppers has has certainly contributed to the Giants so far this season. So I think that the Giants are on the right track. It's just that the rebuild is is seemingly going so slow. And so it's hard to have patience in something like that. But there are a lot of young pieces and a lot of young players to be excited about. And I think that every move the Giants have made is incredibly ridiculed in the moment. But with time, they all seem to be maybe not smart, but at least understandable. Because Odell Beckham Jr., I mean, you know, I love Odell, and it's easier to love Odell now. But, I mean, he's not lighting the world on fire in Cleveland. And so I think, um, you know, it's it's interesting to sort of look at them. I think the most interesting thing is the Leonard Williams trade. That's a little bit hard to understand. But uh, but overall, I think the Giants are, are trying to move in the right direction, which is something that I haven't felt from them in the last five or so years. Yeah, the Williams trade. The Williams trade is an interesting one, and and I understand it. But the way that I, what I have said at Big Blue View is, they gave up a third round pick, and yes, they'll get a third round pick back as a comp pick for Landon Collins. You know, most likely, mm-hmm. but they gave up a third round pick and and a fifth round pick, which becomes a fourth if they sign him to a long term deal. But they don't have that long-term deal in place, and he can go be a free agent at the end of at the end of this year. And, and what I said is, it's a really bad look if you give up two draft picks when you're two and six mm-hmm. for a player who doesn't re-sign with you at the end of the season. So they're on the hook at a point where they where they probably have to overpay Leonard Williams to keep him. Yeah, and I think that, you know, that's kind of the situation the Seattle Seahawks are in with Jadavion Clowney, for example. I think that's kind of the situation the Houston Texans are in with Laramie Tunsil. It's a little bit of the situation the Dallas Cowboys were in a year ago with Amari Cooper, although they obviously had, uh, you know, what is now the fifth-year option for Cooper and for Leonard Williams to kind of figure that out. I do think that's interesting how players are, or teams, I should say, are trading picks to kind of rent players to decide. You know, it's kind of like um, you ever lease a car 
you know what I mean? Then just decide like, you know, a year or two into it, you know, I'm just going to buy it. So like right, right now you're, you're leasing Leonard Williams the way the Cowboys leased Amari Cooper. But you know, when you add everything you added in with the fact that they drafted a defensive tackle in the first round this past year, it's a little bit perplexing, but you know, people have said forever that the Cowboys are trying to be the nineties teams again and just run the ball the way they did when they won those three Super Bowls. It kind of feels like the Giants are trying to be that defensive front that won them two Super Bowls uh, about a decade ago. And that wouldn't be a bad thing, to be honest with you. It wouldn't be a bad thing at all. Right. No, I mean, as uh, as somebody who, you know, had a, a difficult time processing Super Bowls 42 and 46, I don't think it would be a bad thing for you at all. RJ, I'm not going to ask you, you know, for a prediction about Monday night's game because I know how this is going to go. I know you're going to pick the Cowboys, and I mean, for for – to, to be brutally honest with you, I'm going to pick the Cowboys too. So, you know, so we're, we're not going to do that. But what I am going to ask you is we know that Dallas is in that sort of win now phase, you know, with, with Dak Prescott and, and, and with some of the money and, and players that they're, you know, money that they're, they're paying out, players that they're bringing in. As we kind of hit the halfway point of the season, do you do you feel like this is a Dallas team that can make that deep playoff run and, and and get to a Super Bowl, or do you feel like that that feels like it's it's kind of far away yet? I certainly think that they can, you know, I think they can compete with anybody. I mean, you know, they almost came back against the Green Bay Packers uh, for goodness' sake, and so if you know if they don't spot anybody uh, a thirty-one to three lead, I think that they're uh, among the contenders in the NFC. And I think that that's a hard place to be, but um, I don't know that anybody's beating the Patriots this season. I guess, you know, I think that, you know, I picked them earlier this season to win the NFC East. And I think that they can get to the NFC championship. And I think if that happens, Jason Garrett might retain his job, but you know, every Cowboys fan, like I'm sure every Giants fan would say, Oh, well the standard is higher than just appearing in the NFC championship. But the reality is this is a team that's won the division in three of the last five years. It would be four of the last six. If they were to pull it off here in 2019, they're among the NFL's better teams, but it's easy to hate on them. So people uh, tend to kind of forget that stuff. I think they can win a Super Bowl. But I, I just um, I think that they've run into some weird luck, uh, a lot of it self-induced. And I think that they're going to have to play pretty flawlessly if they want to win one uh, this season, especially considering the talent that exists in the NFC. But I mean, this is a team that rattled off, you know, five impressive wins in a row last season when they traded for Amari Cooper. So they can do anything uh, if they truly set their minds to it, which sounds cliche, but actually is kind of true. So I was going to let you go, but but I. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this. What is the deal with Jason Garrett at this point? And who the heck is going to be coaching the Dallas Cowboys next year? You know, um, you know, everybody says every week, you know, that Garrett's on the hot seat or, you know, after he lost to the Jets, it was, do you think he's going to be fired? And, you know, questions like that are fair and understandable. But, I mean, I, I don't think there's any likelihood that you know even if Jason Garrett lost the next three games in a row which obviously would include a loss to the Giants but you know the Cowboys decided before this season started that they wanted to ride this season out they knew it was a contract year for Jason Garrett and so I mean it's not breaking news that he's on the hot seat you know I mean this is he's he's literally in a contract year he literally does not have a job as of the moment beyond 2019 so I think um I I, I just 
if I had to guess, I think the Cowboys win the division. I think they pull off something incredible um, and maybe appear in the NFC Championship game. And I think that that might be enough for Jason Gray to keep his job. If it is somebody else, you know, people... Uh, I think this is cliche, but I think it, it is maybe a Lincoln Riley type. I don't think Jerry Jones has a lot of, um, you know, time to waste with, you know, a, a John D. Filippo or something like that. I think it's somebody with some pop, and I think that that would be a little bit interesting. But right now, I'd lean Jason Garrett. All right, RJ, we thank you for your time, and uh, we'll see how Monday night goes. I, I, I suspect that... Uh, that you guys will be happy on Tuesday morning, and Giants fans will uh, will once again be be shaking their heads and, and and waiting for the next time we play the Cowboys. But but we'll see. I uh, I tell you what, I hope for some good times. Um, the last time the Cowboys played the Giants on Monday Night Football was a horrible night. I don't know if you remember. It was 2010, and uh, the Giants injured Tony Romo for the season in a year that was really lost, and uh, eventually Wade Phillips was fired as the head coach. So let's hope for something better than that. There you go. All right. Uh, thank you very much, RJ, and we'll talk to you again. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. All right. We're back after uh, after our speaking to RJ, and I, we appreciate RJ coming on and, and talking to us Uh RJ always is informative, always fun to talk to. Giants fans, we appreciate you spending some time with us and listening to us as always. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. The schedule this week is going to be a little bit different with the Monday night game. We usually have a Chris and Joe show as quickly as possible following a game Our next Chris and Joe show will actually probably come to you sometime on Tuesday morning. Can't ask those guys to, uh, to record a show basically in the middle of the night following a, uh, following a Monday night contest. So, so we'll get a show to you from them, uh, sometime on Tuesday. I'll be looking to, uh, to get some preview shows of, of next week's, uh, game against the the New York Jets to you throughout the week as well. Hopefully you'll tune into those. We appreciate your support as as our as Big Blue View Radio continues to grow. We're glad that you like what you've been hearing and we thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.